Hello and welcome to Off the Roll. I'm your host, Troy Hirschman. Today's guest is Dave Weichel. Dave is the manager of sports medicine at Franciscan Health in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, Dave also has, that's his day job, um, directing athletic trainers over uh, that do outreach coverage to Indianapolis and surrounding high schools. Dave also is the lead athletic trainer for USA Football. Um, and has traveled around the world doing that. He's also a medical observer uh, for Ball State football games and is a renowned speaker that's uh, requested quite a bit for um, EAPs. Um, he was one of the athlete trainers that helped the official at the 2021 NCAA tournament that collapsed uh, during during the, uh, the tournament there. Um, was actually a speaker at NATA this past uh, summer in Indianapolis talking about EAPs right up there on stage with uh, the, the Buffalo Bills athletic trainers talking about their EAPs for stuff um, regarding emergency action plans and, and uh, how to take care of emergencies on site. So Dave is, has a great uh, story to tell, um, an interesting story to tell uh, about his career and uh, we have a great conversation today. So let's go off the roll with Dave Weichel. Welcome to Off the Roll. I'm your host, Troy Hirschman. Um, we're recording today from my uh, lovely shop area. We have Dave Weichel. Um, Dave is the uh, um, sports medicine. Uh, see, I, find, I don't know if I can get this right. Are you the sports medicine manager for Franciscan Sport Health? Uh, for Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, yes. Yeah, there we go. I I, I kind of got <laughs> it right. So, um, but we're lucky to have Dave on here. Dave's the uh, one of the more recent Ring of Honor inductees, um, and um, had a great ceremony this summer. And so I'm honored to have Dave on. Dave, welcome to Off the Roll. Thanks, Troy. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Um, you know, I've listened to several of these over. Wow, it's been at least a couple of years now that you've been doing these. Yeah, I think. about a, about a little over a year and a half that we've done yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. So it's been cool to to listen to some some names from the past and a few that I hadn't heard of in the past. So it's been it's been fun. So I'm was excited to to get the invite. Yeah, great. Well, let's get going. So first of all, where are you? Where's your hometown at? My hometown, as far as where I am currently. Um, no, where are you from? Where are you from? from well, I'm originally from, I was um, born up in South Bend, um, Indiana. And then I consider growing up in Chicago um, suburb, far north suburb of Chicago. Um, that's where I went to, to high school and had my uh, formative years. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but we we bounced around a little bit as a kid. Lived in Ohio. Lived in Illinois, Ohio. Um, so, take your pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, was was that because um, your dad's job, mom's job? Yeah. What was? Yeah. My dad's job. He uh, actually used to work for Sears. Um, he he was like a service technician. Um, you know, one of the guys that come out and fix your refrigerator, or washer, dryer, whatever, which has come in handy over the years. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and then he got into administration and, and worked with some different, um, got transferred around to different locations. Um, 
And then actually his last, before he retired, he was actually working in what I still call the, the Sears Tower downtown in oh, Chicago. Wow. Um, whatever it's called now, Wilson Tower or whatever. I have but, no idea. Uh, it's still, it's like Deer Creek, right? I mean, it's always yeah. going to be Deer Creek. Uh, it's always going to be the Sears Tower. So, yeah. so yeah. Awesome. So, so high, pretty much high school in, in, in Chicago. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Lake Zurich High School, which is, um, except far northwest side, it's actually probably closer to the Wisconsin state line than it is to downtown Chicago. But um, it, it's still, I guess, technically part of the conglomerate of of suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, playing sports in high school? I did. Um, I played football. Football's always been my passion. I've played since as early as I could play. I think I, first time I remember specifically playing like with pads and stuff, I think was like third grade. Oh, wow. Um, so I played football all the way through. That was my main sport. I dabbled in some others. I played baseball. Um, I tried wrestling for one year and uh, coach talked me into it because I fit the weight class that they needed. <laughs> um, had never done anything. And that's actually, yeah, that's how I got my my introduction to athletic training um okay. similar story as a lot of athletic trainers you know got hurt in high school um dislocated my shoulder um we didn't have an athletic trainer at that time at, at high school so you know coach kind of got it back in and and i was like all right next day it was a little sore but felt okay um popped it right back out and that time it didn't go back in and so um so yeah that's how i got my introduction to to sports medicine and athletic trainers and orthopedic surgeons and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was your one year of wrestling, your shoulder gets. Lifted. Yeah, that was, it lasted <laughs> about, I think I got maybe two or three matches in before that happened. So um, that was a short lived uh, adventure into, to high school wrestling. Can I ask what weight class you were? Man, I think, um, I think it was 171. Yeah. Um, and I don't even, I can't remember. I've been out of the high school setting a little bit. I, I don't even know what the current weight classes yeah, are. Anymore, I, but... I have no, I, I got to deal with that stuff. And I, and I only know enough to do the weigh in type stuff. Yeah. And then that's, uh, the kids know more than I do. And I just kind of roll with it. So yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. yeah. I think it was 171. Cause I was like, I was a little over that. Cause I was like, I had one coach talking me into it. And then my football coach telling me that he didn't, cause I was going to have to cut a little bit, not much. Yeah. Um, and he wanted me, of course, you know, you get into that battle with football, you need to be bigger and blah, blah, right. blah. And the wrestling coach, well, you're only cutting, you know, four or five pounds. So, so whatever. Yeah. We, we kind of have that problem with some of our kids, um, you know, their football playing weight. And then we have like an early meet in November that they want to go to. And I ran into a couple situations last year where kids were trying to cut weight too fast because they were at their football playing weight. And then they wanted to wrestle what they normally wrestle at um, in this wrestling meet. And I was like, yeah, that's not a good idea. That's, that's not going to happen. You know, you can get right. down, you got plenty of time to get down to your final weight before the end of December. And um, you need to do that safely. So um, uh, they didn't like it, but yeah, <laughs> that's what we had to do. So. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, so you're, you get hurt in high school, you, you're, um, 
was that your senior year that you did that or was it junior that year was my junior year um because I, I was really um i was really worried that i was gonna miss my senior year of, of football because they were talking about surgery and you know might not be back in time you know and we're talking like late 80s so it's not oh, yeah. <laughs> some of the procedures weren't quite as good as they are now um and so um again I, in hindsight it kind of turned out i think for the best because I, I didn't end up doing surgery and just rehab the heck out of it and was working with a guy that was a ptat and that's how i kind of got in, interested in i had never even heard of athletic training at that point um and so we went that route to try to, you know, see if we could kind of milk it through to get um, into football season my senior year, which we were able to, thankfully. Yeah. And then I never did get it. I mean, one day, I'm sure there's, there's days I wish I would have got it fixed, but um, so far we've been able to manage. Yeah, good, good. So, so you get your introduction into athlete training it's your senior year. You're playing football. Fortunately, you have a you don't have a problem during football. I take it. You know, you kind of get through that a little bit. So, yep. in your mind, like, what are you thinking? Like, it, you know, did it was it peaking your interest then, or did you have other other ideas that you wanted to do so, something or where you wanted to go? I mean, kind of where yeah. was that? I, I I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I remember we had to do. I was in some career class I don't remember what it was and we had to do a report on three careers and I literally just like I don't remember exactly what they were but I just and again back in the old days I just went to the, the newspaper and looked on the classifieds or different jobs and I picked like whatever I was like architecture like art administrator and it was like th whatever the the first yeah, three exactly. jobs were in the alphabet and that's what I did I had no idea what I was going to do um, you know, like I said, when, once I started working, um, going through rehab for my shoulder, I at least had an interest and I was like, oh, this would be kind of cool. Um, not really knowing anything about it or what all was involved with it. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I, I remember, you know, like your junior and senior year, you get like tons of mail just from random colleges, right? All of a sudden, you know most several of them you never even heard of that was like me as like ball state I got something from ball state and it was like and it was ball state that jumped out the only reason i looked at it was because of the name i was like i've never even heard of this place like right where is ball state um and so i looked through it and i saw they had athletic training listed as one of their majors and i was like huh so i kind of actually kept that one pulled that one aside and and um the only thing i ever kind of got halfway serious of looking into was um for a, a short stint i was um thinking i was going to go into veterinary medicine um till i found out that it was harder to get into than, than medical school <laughs> so <laughs> i uh, I, yeah. I changed gears pretty quick on that one um and then just ended up kind of giving athletic training a, right. a, a shot and came to um did an official visit at ball state um again never having heard of it or not, not knowing any, anything about it and just kind of fell in love with the campus and um you know dave Jessup of all people was 
the guy that kind of gave me the initial tour, at least through the old Irving gym and right. the old training room there and met with Rex a little bit briefly and then talked to whoever else you talked to on those trips, advisors and academic it, counselors. It'd be hard to tell because that was probably what, 88? That was like 87. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like you probably talked to Mike or Cindy or somebody like that. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Cindy because um, yeah. Mike, I think, came in after I started there. I think yeah. I can't remember for sure, but yeah, I know um, Mike was there before, and then he went. He was off to Penn State or something to do his doctor. Yeah, was coming back because yeah. I was kind of in that same boat too. That yeah, because we were in the same class. I think we yeah we yeah we were yeah, yeah. But I I, re I just remember like I met with Mike one time, and then. I was all of a sudden I was calling to kind of find out what the situation was. And they routed me to Cindy. And I think I came over again one other time and Cindy goes, well, I'm in charge now until Mike comes back or something like that. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I was kind of like you, you didn't know any difference. So you just kind of just went, Oh yeah. Yeah. I still didn't really know what I was doing. Even at that point, I was just like, I knew I wasn't good enough to play in college uh, actually i almost went to a junior college just to keep playing and thankfully my parents talked me out of that yeah um but i knew i wasn't good enough to play like anywhere decent and at the you know initially it was just like oh this is cool i'll get to stay involved in sports and still not really knowing what it all entailed but it was sports and so that was honestly that was the initial attraction for me yeah so so you i mean your mom and dad didn't encourage you to like hey go look at some in-state schools or was it, was it like, no, this is really what I want to do? No. Um, I actually, I, I did look at Northern Illinois. Um, that was probably my second choice. And there was, um, <laughs> there was some conversation because uh, obviously it was going to be uh, more affordable in state. Um, but Ball State, I actually, believe it or not, contrary to, to popular belief, I actually had pretty good grades. Um, and so, so Ball State was able to get me on a, a scholarship that basically paid the out-of-state tuition. Um, so it was like the same as going to an in-state in -state yeah, school. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that worked out pretty well. But yeah, Northern was really the only other. And I, I, I did briefly, I think there was a, one of the, a small school up in Wisconsin maybe Wisconsin lacrosse or mm -hmm. I don't remember somewhere up in Wisconsin that I had briefly considered. But once I saw Ball State, I just, you know, sometimes you just know, right. I mean, you, right. you got there and it was just like, everything felt right. And it, everything just clicked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, the, the people that were there. Um, yeah. I think that's the, that was always the biggest factor in the aspect of, of um, just, just the, the connection that, that, you know, the time that Rex probably gave you on your visit, you don't really remember, but um, at the time it was impressionable and, and um, it was, it was meaningful in the aspect of like, yeah, I want to come here and learn with this guy. Um, right. Because he actually took time to see me and stuff. And I think if you, if you think about all the consistencies of, of um, people have come through the program, that's been a big factor. I mean, if you, even when you go back to JD and, and Hoove and those guys meeting Bud, I mean, Bud gave him time, you know, he, he talked to him, he showed him stuff. And, and, um, 
so yeah there was an attraction not so much sometimes the place it was the people that were there so, right right yeah. absolutely it, it was definitely a great time to it was a great time to come in <laughs> so, yeah so yeah. so you get you get on campus so so you get on campus the fall of 87 correct does that sound about right? fall of 88 fall of 88 okay yep. um do you do you remember what you got to do right away? I mean, did did you have to do some observation stuff or I had to do observation hours? Um, I'll never forget. Initially, you know, we were there. Whatever I can't remember. We had like our set times, and then you just end up. At least I did, and a lot of us did end up just going all the time, even if right. we weren't necessarily scheduled to be there. Um, but I will say, I do remember, I have this very vivid memory of being in the old Irving Gym training room um, back in the, the hydro area, crushing cans for the sports medicine uh, <laughs> uh, club. Yeah. And remember, those used to be like a big fundraiser for us back yeah. then because we collect all these aluminum cans and get them. And I don't know how much money we got for them, but I just remember me and Chad Kerwin if you remember Chad, yeah. he's fallen off the grid since, but Chad and I back there just stomping cans, crushing them down. And we look at each other like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> we're, just, we're just back here smashing cans, like whatever. And I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that's, that was one of my earliest memories of the program and being like eh, this is kind of cool and all but i don't know about this can smashing part but, <laughs> uh, but yeah it, i mean it worked out you know you have your obviously your intro classes and stuff and then um i did get to work um kind of work spring football like that following like, you know my first spring i guess spring of 89 that would have been yeah. Um, and that's when it really kind of clicked that, okay, yeah, this is, I still didn't really know what I was doing. Obviously only having a couple of intro classes that like, I, cause I wasn't like a student trainer in high school. I didn't, I had no exposure to it. We had no athletic right. trainer in high school. So other than the rehab that I did at a sports medicine clinic, I had really didn't know, still didn't know a whole lot about what the heck athletic training was all about. Um, but just being exposed to it during spring ball and watching, you know, obviously the staff, Rex and those guys, but also the students that, you know, had some experience doing things. That's what really kind of sealed the deal, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, going into my sophomore year, I was fortunate to be able to work with Tony at, with men's basketball. And then from then on, it was just, yeah, it just was a no brainer. It just yeah. kind of flew from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the thing that, um, that always, um, re resonated with me was that athlete training back then, um, like all your friends that were like in the architecture program or, you know, someplace else, I mean, they were kind of doing stuff, but they really weren't doing right. a whole lot. And, um, you know, they were taking classes and they might be, you know, exercise science, they might be doing, coming up with some exercise programs or something like that for classes, but they weren't really doing anything. And it just seemed like 
athlete training was one of those situations that you, you were actually doing something. Um, whether it was um, go over there and help that red shirt freshman kid that I don't want to deal with. <laughs> you know, that's your project. <laughs> or, um, or I need your help with this. Um, what do you think? You're in this class. What do you think about this type thing? And I think that's the thing. If you had the personality type like I did, you felt like you're making an impact. And right. um, that really resonated in the aspect of like you were part of something. You were part of something bigger than yourself. You were part of something that was um, you could actually see results from. Right. Was you were going to have to wait to the, get to the workforce to start right. doing those things. So no, absolutely, you could apply what you were learning like sometimes the same day. I mean, depending yeah. on what's going on, and and seeing you know learning about it in class, but then it being able to actually do it, you know, during practice and events and stuff like that. Um, to your point, instead of waiting and to an internship or you know, your first job and you're like, yeah, I've already done this. We've already, we've done it right. for the last two years, two plus years as a student at school. Yeah. yeah. No, it was that, it was, that was a golden age. And, and, and now you like, I know that I've had discussions with, with other and not knocking the education programs now, but, but had those discussions with younger athletic trainers and, um, you know, you, especially like you talk about travel, like, oh yeah, we, we traveled by ourselves all the time. It wasn't a big deal, you know? Right. And, and, and uh, um, they're like, oh, they let you travel? Like with <laughs> no other certified? So I'm like, yeah, no, you know, yeah. we were it. Um, you know, it's funny, like that, the last podcast when I interviewed Ken Wolford and he's talking about, you know, because I knew nothing and I'm off going on, you know, these trips to baseball trips and stuff that, that, I just had to figure out stuff on my own or I'd find the athlete trainer there and they would help me. And, and, and that, right. that's kind of the way it was. I mean, um, nobody, as I like to term it, nobody died. Nobody was permanently <laughs> right. maimed by the fact that I was just a student and stuff. And I get what we're trying to do in, in the aspect of professionalism, but um, I, I really, there's no better way to learn than being on your own. And, right. And, and um, no, I agree. I, I struggle with that myself and especially you know in the position I am in now when you're you're interviewing some of these kids that's you know they're still they're kids to yeah. me now I'm getting old um but you're inter interviewing these new grads and you know you know book smarts and skills that they have are honestly probably better than what we came out of school with from right. a books smarts standpoint but the just the lack of application and, and hands-on experiences is, I mean, it's night and day from, you know, what kind of, what I would hope that they would have had the opportunity to do versus what they're kind of somewhat restricted to do um, makes it a little bit challenging sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's that nobody, unfortunately they've never had a, a van ride to Guelph, Canada, you know, <laughs> or a volleyball trip. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the, the old van ride to Penn State with volleyball playing. Yeah, playing hearts with Shondell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just, yeah. just that. I mean, there is. I think there's something to be said. We talk a lot about clinical experience, but in a lot of those ways, we learned how to communicate and 
um, interact with yep. people that were older than ourselves or maybe in higher level positions, um, which again, I don't think the students have an now have an opportunity to right. have those experiences. And, 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 and even the athletes themselves, Troy, I think, you know, yeah. interacting with them and spending time with them in those, you know, extended trips and, and situations like that where you, you can just relate and, and interact in ways instead of just being the guy that's there if they get hurt type thing. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I always say, I, I, I use this example all the time and over the years, and I got to credit Ralph Reef, um, who I worked for for several years, and I consider one of my, my mentors as well. Um, he one time said to me, he goes, there's an art and a science to athletic training. And the science, I think, is as strong as it's ever been. Like I said, I think a lot of these kids coming out now their skill set as far as what they're learning is is way above what I felt I feel we had when we came out you know right. a couple of years ago um, <laughs> but uh but what's missing is the art and the in my opinion the art is exactly what you were just talking about the learning how to communicate learning how to interact learning how to just be able to apply what you know in a way that a makes the athlete comfortable that you can communicate it to the coach or the parent or whoever you're dealing with. Um, I think those are the, the skills that are lacking a little bit. And, you know, a lot of that comes with experience, obviously. Um, but like I said, I just think that's a great way of looking at it. And uh, something that I always kind of keep in the back of my mind is, you know, it's, the science may be strong. They may know every eval and every test and be able to execute them perfectly but if you can't relate to the athlete or communicate to coaches and parents and physicians, it's going to make it pretty challenging to be successful. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I think it's, um, it's not only, it's not exclusive to athletic training. I mean, um, uh, just in the past couple of years where we, you know, you have a transition of physicians and stuff and, and, people that you would work with for a long time and they retire and there's new positions that come in. Um, it's not, I mean, it's kind of the same situation um, with that. And, and um, it's interesting. I, I, I have a newly minted uh, uh, orthopedic surgeon at Hancock that just, you know, they, they said, you have to go to Eastern. <laughs> they just <laughs> sent him out there and He's actually cool because he he was he was in the working world for a while, and his people skills are way advanced for a lot of new docs that are coming out of out of their residency um, or their fellowship. And and I kind of was I, I've kind of talked to him a little bit about that, and he goes, "Well, I had to recruit kids to play soccer, you know. Um, I knew how to interact with people and stuff." And he goes, "I yeah. just try now that translate that into to my medical practice and." I said, you're at an, you're at an advantage um, in some ways because right. some some of these younger doctors just want to like spout statistics and here you go and 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 this is why you should do this and, and instead of like putting their hand on your knee and say hey if you were my kid this is what I would do and that goes a long way in patient care and and stuff too so it's 
it's not exclusive to athlete training, but in any medical profession, trying to, right. like you said, learn that art of how to deal with people and read the room of like, who do you have over here? You have a hysterical mom that's freaking out because she thinks that her son's or daughter's athletic career is completely over. And a, a coach that's like, Hey, I think they're going to be okay to play next week. And how you balance that out. Um, in, uh, in doing, How you balance that out with with uh, of kind of seeing which each situation needs to know and having that calming, reassuring, hey, everybody's going to be okay here. All right, this is how we're going to do X, Y, and Z with that, and and um, it does take a little while to learn. Yep. So so at Ball State, do you remember the sports that you worked at Ball State? Um. Well, I said basketball was my first official sport that I worked um, my sophomore year. Um, that kind of took up, you know, I, I I think I started with football, if I remember correctly, coming back my sophomore year. And then as soon as basketball season kind of got going, made this transition. So I wasn't like officially with football. I just kind of helped out. Um and then worked with basketball. I honestly don't remember what I had that spring. Um, I want to say it was just spring football, but I could could be wrong. Um, and then my junior year, I know I worked um, track, women's track, indoor and outdoor track. Um, I didn't get as I didn't get the necessarily the opportunity to to work football per se because I um, the summer after my sophomore year and the, after my junior year I was it fortunate enough to be able to um, intern with the Colts and so yeah. I didn't get to work Ball State football because I obviously missed all of summer camp and stuff right working training camp um, but kind of came back and dabbled and helped and was like the host trainer a few times and um stuff like that um and then my senior year was uh um men's volleyball was my big sport um and that was you know kind of circling back around that was the cool I mean I guess with track I guess track was really the first sport that I traveled with solo um you know, I remember the big trip was down to Auburn, I think, for some Auburn relays or something. I can't remember what it was called. Right. Um, so I think that was probably my first solo road trip um, of any significance. I think we did some indoor stuff up at Purdue or some other places, but that was my first big trip. Um, you know, went on some trips with basketball, but obviously wasn't solo. Um so yeah, women's track, I think was my first opportunity with that. And then um, really when it kind of all came together was senior year traveling and um, being the, the AT with, with men's volleyball um, and being able to take some extended trips with them. You know, we went up to some, uh, to Guelph, <laughs> Canada. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they still do that or not, but they, there was always, it was always around Thanksgiving time. We actually spent Thanksgiving up in Guelph, um, <laughs> at a tournament up there. That was the first 
one that I remember with volleyball. And then kind of the highlight is always the the spring break trip going right. with them out west and playing, you know, out in California. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of you, you got you certainly got your fair share of characters um, <laughs> working men's basketball and then going, you know, with with the and there was a few characters on the women's track team, but but definitely men's volleyball at that point in time. There was a, a cast of characters on that team. Yeah, that uh, um, I'm sure gave you some unique challenges. Also, <laughs> a couple of things. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, so you you mentioned earlier it was kind of like the golden era. It, you know, obviously I think we're biased because that was the era that we were there. Yeah. Um, so of course it was the best era, but. Um, you know, it from athletically, you know, that, that year, that that basketball season, that was the season that was the sweet 16 season. Right. And, you know, just the being around that. I mean, obviously, as a sophomore student, athletic trainer, you're like you're what you actually contributed was pretty small in the big picture of things. But just to be a part of it and associated with those guys and and getting to know, you know, the, you know, the Paris McCurdy's and Curtis Kidd and Chandler Thompson and, you know, Sean, Sean Parrish, who, you know, to this day is a good friend of mine and right. work with quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, stuff like that. And those, those were definitely some characters. Um, volleyball. Yeah, volleyball was another set of characters as well. As well, but and, 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 and you and you got to correct me if I'm wrong, but you you were you were paired up with with Rod Stanford, correct? With that, basketball, yeah, yeah, with basketball. So not yeah. only did you have all these basketball characters, but then you had Rod. We had the <laughs> the ultimate character, <laughs> and probably probably one of the greatest. You know, nobody talks about because it's a lengthy prank, but the greatest pranks of all time. Everybody talks about you know Jones Shran wrapping Plum's truck, but but your and, and Rod's prank with Tony was uh, with the with the van in Irving Gym, you know, going down the ramp and Dave freaking out was to me one of the all time greatest Plum pranks ever, <laughs> because yeah. That that was uh i had honestly forgotten about that to, to be completely honest with you but that's <laughs> I mean, yeah i mean i mean he took out a he took out a guard gate driving out of the driving out of the parking lot and, yeah he and... was a little he was a little frustrated <laughs> <laughs> if I, I kind of probably should have felt a little bad but it was so funny that uh, yeah yeah, no. It was, <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, the 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 thing is, is that small background. Correct me if and correct me at any point in time here, but they were trying to. They had to take laundry from from the from Irving Gym because the laundry room was gone and right. filling the arena. Yeah, we're in the transition from Irving Gym to University yeah. Gym. Yeah, and so Plum had to go take the laundry to the football scene, which he probably hated anyway. Um, right, he had to go out there and mess with Texas stuff and. Tex probably wasn't happy about that either, but, um, but yeah, there's a little ramp and, and uh, you guys perpetuated the van was unstable and going to roll down on the basketball floor and Dave freaked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
that's a good yeah he freaked out <laughs> we'll just leave it at that <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> leave it at that that's fine anyway um well that you know that's the thing is that i think we look at our experiences um clinical experiences as we're learning and um and trying to 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 just you know trying to say hey you know yes i learned a lot with that and just like we talked about we learned the art especially with rex and tony and neil and and I'll even throw Vicky in there a little bit too. Um, but we learned some of this stuff. I know. <laughs> but we learned something from somebody all the time. Actually, yeah, I did learn some stuff from her. I got to admit. I learned. Yeah. Well, you can, you can we'll just leave it at that. that. Yeah, let's leave it at that. But but the thing was, is that it was, it was a great experience. So let's talk a little bit about your internship with the Colts. Because, again, to me, um, the NFL was, was definitely a lot of art in as much as science and there was a lot of science in the in that time but there was some great art in there that that even some stuff that you know like i've got some uh i've got some ichthamol and and some some stuff that otho used for an ankle sprain you know sitting in my office right now um because i had a kid that we had senior kid that we had to get back and i was going to be prepared to do stuff if i had to to get him back and and fortunately we didn't have to do any of that stuff but it's there and I can use it, but there's a ton of stuff that um, you would look at it and go, I don't know about that. And by gosh, it would work. And you just kind of scratch your head, but um, yeah. you get people playing again. So, so yeah, talk a little bit about your Colts internships and, and, and uh, kind of what, what kind of contributed to your career at that point. Yeah. Um, like I said, this was go going in the summer before my junior year. Um, so it was a little bit of a surprise, to be honest with you, but kind of at the right place at the right time situation where they had somebody that was um, had to leave early for I can't remember what the story was, but basically they had their inter their summer staff and somebody had to, to cut out early and um, basically Hunter Smith, the head AT at the time with the Colts called Rex and and Rex called me and and of course I was like heck yeah, <laughs> yeah. whatever I don't remember what my summer job was that summer but it surely was not gonna keep me from doing this um so I get down there and Lido was one of the the summer interns already um and had done it the previous year so he was kind of um showing me the ropes as I, it was good to have him there as, especially coming in, you know, kind of not, not being involved with it from the beginning, kind of right. who's this new guy coming in all of a sudden, at least I knew I had Lido there to, right. to kind of help me with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, great experience. Obviously it was at the time I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. Um, like I said earlier, football's always been my passion. So it was like to have this opportunity, um, you know, way different than what I had envisioned. And I think as most people do, you think of the fun stuff or the bright lights of, you know, game day. Um, you don't see all the stuff behind the scenes and all the work, you know, literally during training camp. Now we're talking, it's funny because we, you know, now training camps up at, at Grand Park in Westfield where I live. And my, I've 
my son and I have gone to a couple of practices the last few years and it's just, it's, it, how it is now. And, you know, this is going to totally sound like the old get off my lawn guy, but how it is now compared to how it was, you know, 30 years ago is it's night and day. Um, you know, we had, you had the head trainer and the assistant trainer. And then during training camp, you had a bunch of interns and we did like, two a day full pad practices and you know you're working by the time you get there for early man to get everything set up and get the you know whirlpools filled and all that stuff um to the time you leave i mean you're working consistently 18 plus hour days for days at a time but you're also like eight you know 19 20 years old and you can do that without any problem right um and and, so, and and still find time to go out for a couple hours at night yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially on the road trips that you know you take that per diem that you got for for meals because the docs would always take you out for dinner yeah um and then you do you know evening treatments do whatever you needed to do and then you know it's hunter hunter one of hunter's favorite sayings that you know you're gonna hoop with the owls you better be able to soar with the eagles um so as long as you as long as you were able to soar with the eagles the next morning you could hoot all you wanted the the night before Uh, so yeah those were some good times i will say i I will never forget my first official road trip with them was a preseason game out in seattle and um you know we we get done playing and it's just Again, I don't know how it is nowadays, but like it, back when I was involved with it, like the plane would basically, you basically had about 45 minutes from the end of the game to get the heck out on the bus to head to the airport. And, um, you know, you're, you're packing everything up and you're patch, you know, you're dealing with anything that happened during the game injury wise and getting, Back then, as bad as the turf was, it was usually patching up a bunch of turf burns before we got on the plane and et cetera, whatever it is. But you, you we play the game, um, get everything, get on the plane, fly back to Indy. Um, this was train camp was in Anderson at that time. Right. You get back to Anderson, um, unload everything, and then you're walking back to the dorm and literally the sun's coming up. And that was my, I was just like, wow. And then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, be back at, you know, 7 a.m. to get ready for, for treatments. And so yeah. you get like about a, you know, maybe a three hour nap, maybe. Um, and it was just like, wow, that's, uh, that's the side that people don't see. They're like, oh, it's cool. You worked with the Colts. I'm like, it was cool. But it was also, as you know, with having similar experience with the Eagles, um, it, it, it's a lot of that's a lot of hours yeah i i remember i forget where we were coming back from but um it was it was like the week after training camp and those guys in, in previous years had like they had like a hole with some mattresses in it and underneath the vet and they would just stay in there and um they the fire marshal came through like the year that i went out there and they said you can't do that anymore because there's only one way in and one way out and yeah. so um we had a we had a really nice Hilton over in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and but we all knew that we had to be back, and we didn't want to drive over there, so we just all 
like grab some blankets and we all slept on the treatment tables. <laughs> and I remember Dave Price coming in going, must have been a long night, huh? <laughs> and he was just messing with us. He's like, no, nope, we just didn't want to miss. We, we want to make sure we were back here in time to do all that and get a couple, you know, maybe 30 minutes of extra sleep to do right. that. And, and we just like yeah. got up and, and put a different shirt on and got to work, you know? And, and so, yeah. um, you know, it was, it was just, that's just what you did. I mean, and so I, you know, seeing the sun come up, knowing that you had to be back in like three hours and, and right. stuff, I mean, nobody complained about it. Nobody, I mean, you grunted, but, but you, right. you're just happy to be working in the NFL. Right. Oh yeah. Cause we, I mean, we, I remember talking about it. We're like, we'd sit down there, Hunter called them greasers, the heel and lace pads. And we would make the, the greasers every night, like while the teams, like after dinner, while the teams were in meetings before they came in for evening treatments, all the interns would sit around every night during training camp and just make cases and cases of yeah. these things. Cause they basically used them, you know, we made enough during training camp so that they had enough to go through the whole season. So they didn't mess with it, having right. to do it themselves. And we'd be sitting down there making greasers. And I remember talking, one of the guys figured out like how much we were actually making per hour. And it was like, you know, pennies on the dollar. I don't remember what it was. It was something crazy, like 28 cents an hour or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, but we were like, you know what? There's like a hundred other dudes that would, would take this spot in a second. And yeah. so, but like you said, you didn't complain about it. You just did it because you were fortunate to be able to have that opportunity. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's the thing is that um, nowadays, um, you know, with all the processes of applying through PFATs and all this other stuff, I mean, I'm assuming that's, from what I see, that's how you get an internship now. Um, uh, it, it, it's kind of, it's, maybe it's fair, I don't know, um, but uh the, the, the glitz yeah. and the glamour everybody gets to do it you know right yeah yeah it's definitely i mean I, I understand what they're doing and it's like you know it was like i said it was for me it was the start the initial opportunity was just right place at the right time i was right. close by i had an interest they had a connection with with ball state and with rex you know so somebody that's working in you know somewhere other than an NFL city may not have those types of opportunities or those connections. So right. I get what they're doing, but there's also, you know, it's the, the whole art and science thing again, um, you know, just because you know how to do it doesn't mean necessarily that you're the right person to do it because you haven't developed those, those other skills needed to go along with it. So yeah. um, I don't know. Plus Again, I'm extremely biased, I'll admit it, but I think personally, I think football is a little bit of a different mindset to work compared to other sports. Um, you know, the injuries, you know, sprained ankle is a sprained ankle, whether you're dealing with a football athlete or basketball, soccer, whatever. But I think just, and I guess you could probably say this for every sport has their own nuances and their own kind of culture but I, I think it's easier to transition to cover other sports after 
being involved with football than the other way around, if yeah. that makes sense. It's easier to go to work with basketball or soccer or baseball or whatever after being involved with football than to, if all of your experience has always been with, with baseball to come in and work football is, it's just a different, it's a different mindset. That's my own opinion. I've had yeah. conversations like that with people over the years. And like I said, I know I'm biased because I am football. I'm a football geek, yeah. but anyway. It, no, I think, I think you're, you're right in the aspect of it. There's a, just a lot more uh, plates in the air with football there. Yeah. You, you can have 15 guys in basketball, but, but not all 15 guys at, I mean, it's proportional, at least in my opinion, you know, you may have two or three guys that have some ongoing issues with football. You could have 11, 12, 13, 14. You know, if you're really unfortunate, which like at St. Joe's, I was, you had 20 guys <laughs> on the injury report. I mean, and that's half your football team. Um, right. And, and, and out of those 20 guys, maybe, maybe eight of them can't practice. And, and, um, and you have to, your mind has to be like, moving in a direction of like okay so i've got this group i've got this group I've, it's it's not unlike um it's not like track track is like all over the place like there's different groups in track obviously different events and stuff um and each individual group has their issues or problems or something football is like one team but each group you know you have to have a you may only have three linebackers <laughs> and they are some hurt or you're trying to figure out, or you know that the first three linebackers that you have are really good and you got to figure out a way to keep them playing because the last three or the last four, you're going to drop off pretty quickly. And, and I think that's the, 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 the physical talent disparage too. And I'm even seeing that in high school football, like between our JV guys and our varsity guys, um, we have a pretty decent JV team. But physically, they're not the same as the varsity guys. So you have to, right. like, I have, I've had to figure out, like, okay, this is how we're going to do this safely so you can practice, so you can play on Friday. Because the guy behind you is not ready for varsity. Not guys. ready. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it is. You have, your mindset is just, like, if it's a basketball guy that's behind that, oh, that guy, well, he's just not going to shoot. You know, if, if he plays, he can guard people, he can do stuff. He's just not going to shoot. Um, where the, we got a score here that can do that and you'll, you'll treat them and get them better and move on. But um, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is a, it is a different, different mentality in the aspect of, of how you manage things for football players, because it is such a different entity to deal with. So, yeah. All right. So you're on from the Colts. You're, you're graduating from ball state. Were you considering um, what were you considering at the time? Because probably you had your options for GA positions, jobs. What? Yeah, what it was. Um, there was a lot, a lot of options. Um, well, my my initial once I initially graduated, I already had something. I mean, I was going back to the Colts for one more one more go because yeah. um, they hired at the time they would hire what was called a six month assistant where you were full-time assistant from like whatever, June 1st till whenever the end of the season was. So I already had that lined up. So I knew after graduating, I was going to go back for another season with the Colts. Um, 
but it was after that that I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do. I know what I wanted. I was hoping because there had been some rumors about, um, you know, they were going to expand the the medical staff. Because like I said, it was literally during the season, it was the head trainer, the assistant trainer, and the, and the six-month guy, right. the six-month assistant. And that's all there was, and obviously the physicians. But um, so they were, they were talking about expanding and bringing on more medical staff. And so that's what I was hoping was that that could just roll over and they would just keep me full time. Um, obviously it didn't work out. Um, I know, well, actually I know, you know, Dave Walston, Wally, he's yeah. helped up at Ball State recently. Right. Um, that was the guy that they hired. And I, I was like, I, I didn't know him. And I was like, I hated him. I'm like, I don't know who he is, but he, like, I, I, for the longest time, I was like, oh, I just hear his name and it would make me. And it was like, I'll never forget Hunter. It was actually during the um, during the, the um, combine. Um, we were getting, it was like, I don't know, in between. It was just like a random time. He came up to me. I was out, I was covering the field at the, at the combine um at the end of that season and uh, hunter came up to me and he wanted to let me know that they had um got a second assistant at position approved right. and i went from like here we go <laughs> to like just crashing because he told me that um he was bringing in um walston and and that he just had more experience and more rehab experience, you know, gave me all the reasons, blah, 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 blah. So that was kind of a crushing blow. Cause that was like, I thought, I thought I had a, a, ch a right. shot at that. Um, so obviously that didn't work out. And so I didn't know for sure what I was going to do. Um, you know, I, I did interview um, for some GA positions. I was like this close to taking a GA position at university of Michigan um that was one year with football one year with wrestling i remember that specifically right. um but they you know i've been fortunate to get through undergrad without any student loans and any debt you know any st loan debt <laughs> put it that way i right, think i still yeah. have some debt at the chug or something but um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um well, did we all uh, unless yeah. it was unless it was like pity beer night and and we can drink, right. drink like crazy for a dollar you know i mean yeah <laughs> um but long story short I, I i didn't take it primarily just out of stubbornness because they weren't really working with me too much on on the stipend versus out-of-state tuition and it and i was like i'm not going to go into big debt for just two years of school um right. so that didn't work out um you know, I've looked at the one of the very, probably the only time that I can think of off the top of my head, I didn't do something that Rex suggested that I do, <laughs> kind of suggested slash told. Um, he basically told me, I, I'll never forget this. He goes, there's the, the um, head trainer, or maybe it was, I don't know if it was head, but there was a position open with Wabash College. And he was like, you there's a position at Wabash you need to take, you need to take it or something like that. Yeah. And I didn't really have at that point any 
interest. I was still kind of holding on thinking I could get into the NFL somehow. Yeah. Um, and then I actually ended up for a few months was just kind of moved back to Muncie after the, the thing with the Colts was done. I moved back to Muncie and was working at a, a PT slash sports medicine ish type clinic. It was actually a health style clinic. Yeah. Um, with uh chris robinson was working there and um so i worked there for a little bit and then you know i didn't really know what i was gonna do quite honestly and then somebody was talking about high school i can't remember who it was but somebody that i graduated with was talking about they were working at the high school setting and loved it and and so i kind of looked into that i had never really honestly thought about working at the high school setting um and then um i ended up getting a job up in michigan at a a clinic up there hospital system actually that was just starting uh an outreach program they had like one high school they had a couple more that they were kind of dabbling with and so i was like well we'll give it a shot see what happens um and then surprised at how much I enjoyed working with high school kids. Like I said, in my mind, it was NFL or major, like a D, you know, power five type football program. That's, that was my goal, what I had in my head. And then I started working with these high school kids and it was like, this is actually, it was, it, it kind of refreshed you in the fact that you've been working, at least, you know, I've been working with NFL and pro guys and the business part of it and all that, but to kind of get back to the grassroots of helping people and, and the appreciation that the parents had and the coaches and, you know, the kids helping them understand, you know, like you said earlier, you're like, you're, you're going to be okay. This isn't the end of the world. And so just kind of really connected and, Maybe it's maybe I have a high school mentality. Some people will tell tell you that, <laughs> but uh, just kind of connected with that that setting, and pretty much for the most part been in that type of setting ever since, to some extent. Yeah, no, I think that that um, I, I've learned that that people are people wherever you're at, and and um, if they need your help you're going to help them. And, and you have that skill set to do that. And, and you're, you're right. I mean, I think my situation, what I tell people is that I went from expectation to appreciation and um, that that's all I needed to see was that, that I, I needed that. I needed to feel that too. And, and so yeah. it's so crazy how much, you know, you do the most simple things. I remember, remember Ryan Goy telling me he goes, you're going to do the most, basic thing that you did at the college level and they'll think it's the most amazing thing and you probably did the same thing too when you were at that first job was you know you'd just been in the nfl and and had all those experiences and stuff and you probably did your most basic thing and they thought it was like oh my gosh i can play again because you take me this way this is awesome you know yeah uh, no that that's something that it's funny you say that because i talk to to some people about this all the time and i don't want to I don't want to steer the conversation. I don't know what direction we're going after this, but um, you know, I've I've been fortunate to have some, some pretty good experiences with USA football and um, you know, working with 
having the chance to work with primarily, at least initially, it was primarily high school age kids and but kids from literally all over the country. And and that has been the one of the most rewarding things to me personally as an athletic trainer of working with these kids. And you do to, like you just said, you just do something simple like in my mind is simple or in our mind I should say is simple it's not like I did some crazy new technique that nobody else knows you just do simple things to help them and they're just like oh my gosh this feels awesome like how'd you do that and how come my my trainer doesn't do that and stuff like that and it's just like those are the things that at the end of the day you know you can complain about whatever you want to complain about the hours, the temperature, the pay, whatever, whatever it is. But to me personally, that's what it, why we do what we do is to see that look on those kids' faces of, wow, that's like awesome. And to be able to get, to get out there and, and perform at the level that they want to, um, they're able to perform at just because of something that you did to help them get there. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that a little bit because I, I did want to kind of talk about your experiences with USA football. So so let's talk about how like you're obviously in Michigan for a little while, then you're you're gonna make your way back down to to Indianapolis and stuff. So so do you get this USA football kind of connection when you start working for St. Vincent's? Is that how this all starts then? Yeah, that's that's exactly how it all started. Again, kind of right place at the right time situation. Um, you know, USA football moved that they were originally, they had been, had their headquarters out in the DC area, um, and had moved into, they wanted to move to Indy to kind of be more connected with some of the other NGBs, you know, gymnastics and swimming and diving track and field are all based in Indy. Um, so they moved their headquarters to Indy to kind of get into that circle and, um, you know, at the time, St. Vincent had connections with with all of those other NGBs, and so when when they moved into town, um, it was just kind of a natural um, connection there. And and Ralph basically came up to me and and asked me if I wanted if I'd be interested in kind of being the the point person for this partnership. And um, you know, I'll be honest, I'd never heard of him like. And I consider myself, like I said, I'm a like a football nerd, um, and I'd never heard of USA football. I didn't know anything about them, and um, so yeah, they they came into town, and, and I kind of um, through Ralph became like the the I don't know what you wouldn't call it the head trainer of sorts um, for USA football, and um, and learn more about what they were doing and and um you know they're just like it's like everything else they're just like usa basketball or usa soccer but the difference being um well to this point at least and it may change very soon um football had never been football's not an olympic sport so they were kind of like the stepchild of in my opinion this is strictly my opinion usa football has always been kind of the, the stepchild of the mgbs because they're not an olympic sport um, and so, um, a lot of people didn't, even, like, I, like myself, didn't even realize that there was a USA football, um, 
but to be able to kind of see them grow, they've grown a ton over that. So that was in 20, 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. Uh, yeah. My first big trip with it, I remember was in 2011. Um, that was my first overseas trip with, with um, USA football was in 2011. So they, they've grown a ton since then. And they've also kind of changed gears a little bit. Um, they still do a lot of kind of their grassroots, so to speak, is, is youth leagues and rec leagues and trying to educate and train coaches on, on how to coach and how to run practices with, with youth and youth age level kids. Um, you know, obviously the whole shift in the paradigm shift with concussions and how those are been managed over the last several, you know, decade, I guess, probably. Um, so they've been super involved in all that education and, and training of coaches and, and, um, trying to change the game from that regard. Um, and then probably more recently, they've shifted gears a little bit and really have put a lot of emphasis on their flag, um, flag football teams. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think literally, I think it's next week, the IOC votes. I know the Los Angeles committee, the LA 28 Olympics, yeah. um, they, they put out the five sports that they are, are, recommending that get added to LA and flag football was one of them. Um, and then the official IOC It's my understanding that the IOC, um, vote is sometime next week. And if it gets approved, then flag football will be in the 28 Olympics out in LA. So that's awesome. We'll we'll see. And this is, you know, again, I think it's interesting that you had these young in your younger days, you had these dreams of the NFL and, and, and having a career in the NFL and stuff. And, and so that doesn't happen, but come back a, some years later and, and um, you get asked to kind of oversee the, the, the healthcare for USA football, which now affords you to travel all over the world, which you may not have had the opportunity with the NFL to do that. And now, and now you potentially could be, at the LA Olympics, um, doing that. I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm going to say this. I mean, it is a very Dick Hooverish type of experience that you've had. If you look back on it a little bit, I mean, Dick was always involved with the college all-star games and, and, um, Chicago sports in general. If, if you listen to a little bit of the Mark file podcast, he'll, he'll talk a little bit about that, but, but you, have had this experience where um, like where exactly have you been due to USA football? <laughs> yeah, I, I've been in some places I never would have ever dreamed that I would be period, much less being there working as an athletic trainer. Um, you know, my, my first trip with USA football um, and probably still my favorite one it's definitely one of the top two or three um, was with uh, the men's team. So they have a men's team that's, it's kind of like the world cup, so to speak for, to try to give it some comparison that they have a world championship. So there's a, there's an international federation of American football. So it's IFAF and believe it or not, there's 
literally, I don't know what the latest number is, but I know it's over 70 countries that have organized football of some sort across the world, um, which blew my mind. I was like, 70? Like, that's, that's I, you know, <laughs> my, my simple mind, I don't even know if I can name 70 countries total. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so IFAF kind of, they're the international federation and they're, um, they are the, the governing body of like all the NGBs obviously like report up to them. Um, and they run these, these tournaments and there's a, a world championship for men's football, um, tackle football that's held every four years. And so 2011 was, it was held in Austria. And so that, like that was just part of it, I think because it was new and it was the first time. And part of it was just the setting. Austria was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were in Innsbruck. We got to, I'll never forget this. We went, so Innsbruck is where um, the downhill, or not downhill, but the, um, the ski jump. Ski jump. Thank you. Yeah. From well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Their training center is in Innsbruck. And so we took a tour of that and just to stand up at the top of that thing and like, <laughs> Those people, those guys are nuts, man. Because this was during summer, so it, there wasn't any snow. But to see just that track that they go, yeah. I'm like, that's so that yeah, that's a whole nother story. But um, <laughs> so Austria, um, uh, we were in Innsbruck, and then the championship game was played in Vienna. So um, let's see. So was in there. I think probably the next big trip I went on was in um Kuwait we went to Kuwait City um wow. and played there which was very surreal um you know it was well after all of you know Desert Storm and all that but um I mean you're but there. still we one of the coolest things that the other part of it too is it's always you know the perks right you know when we were in in Austria, we got to have like a cookout at the the U.S. Embassy in Vienna, um, and saw the room. Apparently, that like JFK and some Russian guy made, you know, met during the Cuban right. Missile Crisis and stuff like just stuff like that. That yeah, like how am I like how did that happen? How did I get a chance to see that? Um, <laughs> no, I you know I get that feeling. You know, you're like, yeah. how did I get here? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I said, I, I kind of just shake my head. I'm like, I don't know how I've been to all these places. You know, Kuwait, we, we were able to go out and, and visit a, a military base out there um, that was literally like, um, I don't know how many. It wasn't very many. It wasn't very far from Iraq. And, and we're going down. We had to like get on a bus and then we had to get on this other bus. It was like very like secret of where this place is. And at one point the bus driver, the bus driver, he was a, a, a um, you know, uh, it wasn't just like Max, the bus driver. I mean, he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, he, he's, he said, he goes, for those of you that are old enough, he goes, if you think about the video of the war and you see the tanks going down like this big highway, he goes, that's the highway that we're on right now. Oh, wow. And that was just like, 
whoa. Yeah, because we were all in college then. I mean, we were watching this on CNN and stuff like that. Is this going on? Because we didn't know what it held for us. Exactly. And so, yeah, holy crap. So, yeah. So that was really surreal. And then being able to just be there with the with the troops out there, we, we ended up having dinner with them out there. That was kind of spur of the moment. Um, you know, coach was like, ah, we're good. We don't, cause we were supposed to get back in that practice. And, but the, the guys were like, they wanted us to eat with them. And it happened to be barbecue night. And we'd been in Kuwait for like, I don't know how long at this point. And we're like some American barbecue sounds pretty darn good right now. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so yeah, so Kuwait was one, um, you know, we went to China um, and played at this place called Harbin, China. Um, never heard of it. It was not probably one of the better trips. <laughs> right. It was, there was some challenges um, just from where we were staying and the food. And it just, it, it wasn't ideal, but it was still, you know, definitely some, some great takeaways from there. Yeah. Um you know, then, then obviously we've been to Mexico, played Mexico cities, um, been a couple places in Canada, um, Panama, Panama was cool. Got to see the Panama canal and, oh, wow. and tour that, you know, and just amazing to see those ships go through that thing was, yeah, 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 something. So, um, Israel, I guess that was probably the last big trip was Israel, yeah. um, and that was that was especially um you know all the stuff that they're going through now and right. just to you know just whatever you, just the you kind of know where some concept. of that stuff is at right i mean right of of you know obviously the history and and not to get it off on a i don't want to turn yeah. this into a whatever but just that was a very that one and it was that was a late one too, like late in the year. It was literally the first week in December. So just being there that close to Christmas, it just, yeah. it was really had an impact on a lot of us when we were over there. And yes. so, I mean, I know that's not athletic training specific, but. No, that's... no, I, I think, I think the thing is, is that's why I brought it up is that, that uh, we, we, you, you know, you and I are, are kind of similar in our, you know, average growing up backgrounds and, and where we were at and stuff. I mean, that's where, you know, I remember standing in Wembley stadium with the Eagles going, I'm the dumb farm kid from Indiana. How the hell did I get here? You know, I'm in Wembley stadium in London, England uh, with an NFL team. And how the hell did I get here? Um, And I think that's normal, but, but I think that's the thing about it. And when you create your own opportunities in some ways, those opportunities allow you to do some things that you would never dream of doing. And I think that's the thing of being in those places and, and having those experiences. And at the point in time you're doing it, you're just working, right? I mean, you're just doing your job. And then you have those surreal moments where you're standing around going, like you said, how the hell did I get here? Cause I don't know what, why, why was I the one that got the, to, to fall in this position and stuff to do that. So that's that's really why I wanted to talk about it now. I mean, yeah, we can talk about you, you know, start, you know, starting off with St. Vincent's Sports Performance. Now you work for Franciscan Sports Medicine, and those are all interesting things. But your 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 football experience is is really kind of 
what a lot of people may not know about you, even though, you know, you're still out on social media talking about it and stuff, but, but it's the kind of the unique thing that, that if they understood the magnitude of what you're doing um, with USA football, it's a big deal. And I don't know if you've thought about that or not, but, but, uh, but it is, I mean, and that's the thing about it is, is that uh, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate that, Troy. I, it's like you said, I, I feel like, you know, I've been fortunate to be in my in my eyes. I, I I feel like I've been fortunate to just to be in the right place at the right time on some things. You know, the whole thing with the Colts, the thing even with USA football. Just um, you know, I like. I hope anyway. You know, some of the things that I've done by my actions have allowed me to have some of those opportunities. But at the same time it's all because of the connections that you make and, and people. And that's, you know, when talking to, you know, you go talk to career days and stuff, or even to like the master's program kids, it's like you, you network, 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 network. Right. Um, Cause athletic training, I mean, it's a pretty small circle when you think about it. Um, and so you never know when someone that you meet will be able to be a, a reference or a connection for you for something that you haven't even thought of. Like, like I said, I sure never thought I would be in China of all places working as an athletic trainer um, or really any of those places that I named off. But um, and you not just only never... that, not, not only that, but, but I mean, you have to look out on a college football Saturday and go, Oh yeah, they're doing pretty well today. Really enjoy watching yeah. that. Or, you see the highlight reel and you're like, yep, I mean, I saw that kid do that way back when, you know, yeah. I mean, just the connections, the, the, coaches, I mean, definitely. The, yeah. And that's, yeah, there's like that whole network. There's a ton of coaches across the country um, that I know and I've worked with and, and several that I'm pretty good friends with now. Um, you know, to your point, you see kids that, you may have seen them maybe even all the way down to like a U16 kid or something. And now yeah. they're playing and, and there's, there's more than a few of them that are playing on Sundays too. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's just cool to just know that nobody else knows or necessarily cares, but you had at least a little teeny tiny yeah. part of their experience, um, to, you know, to help them get to where they're at. Um, it just makes you feel good as, you know, as a person and as an athlete trainer, at least it does for me anyway. And that's, yeah. it's not something you go around and broadcast and be like, Oh, Hey, I worked with that kid and I know that kid and I know that right. coach, right. but uh, that's not what it's all about. I've never, yeah, those guys bug me. Name droppers are, <laughs> that's not, that's not what we're in this for. Right. Um, but it's just the personal satisfaction of being able to help those at the time kids, um, and see how they've been able to continue to grow and develop and, and, you know, allow them to do what they're doing now on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. And as, and I hate to say this, as long as you've been doing this, I mean, you're starting to see kids now that are probably getting back into the coaching ranks that are, are, you know, I am not to date you. I mean, I'm in the same boat too, but I mean, you know, I remember the first time Josh Thompson hopped up on my table at ball state and I went, Holy crap, I'm getting old because this is, I mean, I was taping Chandler's ankles and now I'm taping Josh's <laughs> ankles. Holy crap. You yeah. Know? But you're starting to see some of those 
kids that were in there when you started out coming through in those coaching ranks and, and having those connections as well. And, and they yeah. see a familiar face in you that like, yeah, Dave's still doing this and, and right. this is cool. So. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it's, it's always crazy to me or that, or you're like out at Lowe's or Kroger or something and someone comes up and they're like, Hey, trainer Dave. And I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I kind of remember you look familiar, but I don't really remember who you are. And then the, and then, or it's like, oh yeah, he's the shoulder guy, or he's she's the the knee girl, and but right. can't really always remember all the details. It, it, it's so yeah. As long as we've it, been doing this, I mean, it's just it's it's the you start thinking about the amount of people that you've taken care of over the years, and you start going, holy smokes! No wonder yeah. I can't remember everybody. It's a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a, a quote I've seen it bounce around social media several times, and I, I can't remember exactly what it says, but basically it was like a coach will have more impact or will impact more kids um, during their career than, you know, whatever. I, I can't remember. I'm totally butchering it. Yeah. But basically it was just the gist is the impact that you have on kids and being able to work with them. And you never know. I mean, um, you know, and this, I'll, I'll say this, cause this is a ball state connection. Um, some of, some of the people listening may know Jason Hines. Um, he was at, so Sheridan was officially my first high school that I worked with when I moved back to the Indy area. Yeah. And they had never really had like full-time at AT before. And, and, uh, you know, that could be a whole nother podcast just talking about <laughs> Sheridan, but, um, I know, I know. I, grew, but, I, um, I mean, I grew up just, just West of there. So I know that whole, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Jason was, he was, he was on the football team at Sheridan, um, wasn't really, and I hopefully I, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus or embarrass him. <laughs> I hope he doesn't take it that way. But, um, you know, Sheridan was pretty, you know, they're historically pretty good at football. Um, and Jason didn't necessarily see a lot of playing time. Um, and, but he was, he was just one of those kids. He was always there and he was always, he was one of those kids that was like, if, if his physical size was as big as his heart, he would be a freaking, he'd be playing on Sundays. Yeah. Um, but um, you know the impact that you have on kids, and then I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. But so, like at the Ring of Honor thing, he came up and and congratulated me and gave me a hug and stuff, and was just like told me, and I honestly didn't really know this until that night that that I was like a major influence on him of of why he got into athletic training, and and he thanked me for that. And I'm like thinking back, and I was like, man. I don't recall ever doing really anything for Jason. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I must have done something at some point, but right. those are the types of things. That's like the, the whole another aspect of this profession that, you know, not only the physical, you know, the medical part of helping them get back to return to their activity, but just the impact that you have on, on some of these kids that they, um, you know, they'll track you down at a, at a Lowe's 
<laughs> some kid that graduated like 10, 15 years ago right. or you know, a story like Jason's um, that you, at least I don't, I never really think about that. And, but then when you do kind of take a step back and to your point, the amount of lives that we are able to touch, um, you know, at various levels of impact, um, it's really kind of mind mind blowing. It is mind blowing, yes. <laughs> especially as we get older, because it multiplies every year. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is mind blowing, and and you're not tooting your own horn with that. It's just you you are with people at their most vulnerable moments a lot of times, and and whether it's one day, you know, or or six weeks or three months or a year um you still make connections with those people just like as if you were sometimes a part of your family and and um you know it is funny how you have kids um i say kids but we'll say you know kids for the sake of saying that but um that uh you stay in contact with, or they stay in contact with you, or they give you updates, or when they come back for homecomings or whatever, they run into you wherever, um, that you're like, oh yeah, I, I remember that. And, 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 um, you know, social media has Facebook and stuff is, is a great equalizer with that stuff. And, and, um, you know, I got to reconnect with a couple of, of gymnasts at Utah. One of them is the head coach at Ohio state and, Another one, her daughter's a gymnast at Kent State, and we were at a meet together last year, and we just spent – I don't remember seeing half the meet because I was just kind of reconnecting with Kelly a little bit and then and then after the meet going out to dinner with Meredith. And, and um, just – I didn't think that, you know, what I did for them was that big of a deal, but it was to them. And and, and, yeah. and now they have their kids, and, and um, they kind of said, you know, like, hey uh, – you, know, you want to take a look at my kid? And I'm like, no, no, they have an athlete trainer to, to do those things. Go see them. They'll be fine. Yeah, yeah they'll be fine. So, yeah. Yeah. But, That's about how many phone calls do you think you've gotten over the years from friends, neighbors, friends of friends? Hey, so and so said to call Troy because you could help. And like that. Yeah. That, Especially that, when that you've happened. been in the same area for a while. Yeah. So that started happening this year with my kids playing sports, um, uh, particularly cross country because middle school cross country really a blue or small school doesn't really have anybody out there. And I was like looking at kids underneath this Oak tree laying down on the ground and doing stuff with them. And, and then yeah. at, we were at Northeastern and I had some parent come up to me and it was my only time that I got, I'm, I mean, Dan Lucan of all people, I, because Dan's kind of my boss now. And I said, Hey, Dan, can you cover this JV football game? Because Sam was running a cross country meet at Northeastern. And then right after that, Carolyn was playing a volleyball game. And I had this parent come up to me during, right after the cross country meet and said, Hey, can you take a look at my daughter? And I said, I would love to, but I want to go see my daughter play volleyball. And he's like, ah, I get it. All right. And I said, you know, you can go to Henry County, you can go over CIO, you can go wherever you want to go and get her checked out. Uh, I, but any other time, I'd be more than happy to do that. But that's the other thing. I've kind of learned to say no to some of those things yeah. because I've got my own interests in kids and doing that stuff too. And and um, that's kind of had to be a learned behavior uh, to say no. Because usually I'm just saying, oh yeah, let me check you out and, and stuff because I have higher priorities 
with my own kids now. And, and But that's not yeah. happened a whole lot until this year. And even Carolyn's like, her friends come over and she's like, dad, so-and-so's got some back pain. Can you take a look at him? <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. Let's, let's go take a look at this. <laughs> or now I get, now I get, Hey dad, can you bring the Normatech boots home? Because I know <laughs> Eastern, because I got Eastern to buy some Normatech boots. And yeah. so, so they know that I have the Normatech boots and they're like, can you bring those home? You know, nobody's really using them over there when we're at home. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll sneak those home for you. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. um so so we're getting to we're getting kind of I told you an hour and a half. We're we're pretty much right on the schedule with that. But um anything that that you know, if you were given some advice to to some young athletic trainers and we've already talked about that a little bit, but um kind of what would you what would you tell them like you said, networking and, and other things, but anything else that you can think of that would be, you know, helpful in advancing somebody, you know, as they, as they're getting started in their careers. Yeah. Well, I, I, th I think networking is huge. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a pretty small circle. And then if you, you know, if someone comes to me and is like, Hey, do you know so-and-so at such and such college? I may not know them, but I bet I can find somebody that does without a whole lot of effort. I mean, there, there's a, it's like the six degrees of separation. I think in athletic training is more like maybe half that there's probably like three right. degrees of separation. Um, so I think that's huge. I think, um, you know, as I think back, you know, this has been fun to kind of reminisce and, how everything how how did I end up where I am and right. done what I've done to this point you know I think part of it without sounding whatever I would encourage like do do more than what the minimum like don't just do what you need to do like do more than that like I don't know that's not coming across the right way like don't just check the box like yep i gotta work like going back all the way to the beginning of this talking about spending i don't know how many hours crushing cans in the old training room <laughs> like that had absolutely nothing to do with athletic right. training but what it did do i think looking back on it is it showed that wow this kid must really have an interest in this or else he wouldn't be back there crushing cans for an hour and a half right just to be just to be around um so i'm probably saying this in a very poor way but the gist what i would encourage young professionals and even still in school is get involved and do do more than what's required i guess right. or if that makes sense you, you go mean, above think, and beyond to to yeah. just be around it. Cause the more you're around it, a, the more you're going to learn, the more chances you're going to have to, to see and do things that you wouldn't have done otherwise. And, and thirdly, it just shows your commitment to wanting to, to be, you know, as good as you can be and be part of the team. Right. I, I would probably classify that as, as, you know, go find your opportunities rather than wait for your opportunities to come to you. And so you kind of make or break 
your 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 opportunities to do that. And so your opportunity was crushing cans, and somebody you know Tony or Rex or Neil or whatever were like they're paying attention, or a couple of the senior level students like Alito or Dave Jessup or Cheryl Cheryl Store or somebody like that is in there going, hey, these two guys, they get it. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's coming to back to them in that aspect. And, and you probably look for the same things in your, in your own situation now is that you, you're talking to, you know, you have a great, um, I, I commend you on hiring young athletic trainers, but you have a balance of some older guys, some old dudes, some old, old female. I'm older than us actually. Yeah, yeah. And that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have a nice mixture of experience in youth. And and that to me, they both benefit from each other in doing those Absolutely. things. And and so then when they talk to you about some of these younger athletic trainers, like they're saying, hey, I'm, you know, maybe I'm slow, I want to slow down a little bit or PRN or whatever, you know, and you're asking like, well, okay, who do you recommend? You know, who are we looking at here? What are we, are we ready? Is this person ready to move up to kind of the role that you're in or something like that? And maybe that's that being able to have that kind of mixture in there kind of helps everyone. And, and um, you're looking for those younger athlete trainers that are creating their own opportunities to, to do different things. And, and or yeah. at some point in time, somebody's going to have to take over for, for you and Chad with USA football. Who's that going to exactly. be? Right. You know. No, you're absolutely right. And, and in fact, I, I remember now that you say that Ralph said something to that effect a while back. He's like, who, who are you grooming? Who's going to take over? Because you can only do this for so long. Um, you know, in my mind, I'm like 28 Olympics. OK, so that's four and a half more years from now. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can still be doing this for four and a half more years. But yeah, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You gotta, it's like a, it's just a continuous cycle. You get, you can't get too, too heavy one way or the other. You know, I, I, I appreciate you saying that about our staff. I think we do have a really good staff here and a good mix of experience and, and some, some good young guns, as I call them, that are, that get it, that, you know, they get it, they understand it. They just don't have the, the full experience yet and and to be able to have you know the dave jessups and and you know the jeff francioses and and um miho sale you know we've got a ton you know a, at least six or seven that's got 20 plus years of experience right. um and we got some brand new fresh out of school grads and it's a it's just a good mix to have and and it's they do. You learn from each other. You know, these new grads coming out are like we talked about earlier, they're being taught things that we weren't taught. Right. Um, and they can pass that along and help the us old timers along with some new techniques or whatever. And then vice versa, they can help these young guns just by some experience and some tips and some things that they've learned over the years as well. So yeah. it's a it's pretty at the end of the day, it's just you know, it's a fun job, you know, in my opinion. We, we all There's... did it. We, we really, honestly, I mean, considering our other alternatives of, of slugging it out somewhere else, doing doing something else. Um, I mean, you know, 
I personally said I, I I did this because I just wanted to get into games for free and see as many games <laughs> as I wanted to, you know. So, yeah. so I've seen I've seen a lot of games. It's still hard for me. It's still hard for me for some of my kids' sports to pay five bucks to get in the door, you know. Yeah. I really just want to say yeah. I'm the athletic trainer. <laughs> that and it's hard to watch a game from the stands. Oh yeah. Like, or or I know we're getting off on time but it's also hard to be with the parents sometimes oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I have... I like, i'm gonna go watch the game like everybody oh, i think there, i swear yeah. a lot of my ki- kids um friends parents think i'm a jerk because no! i would always <laughs> not always but most times kind of sit off by myself to watch the games because i it just yeah, i can't they're... They're not watching the same thing. They're not watching the same thing you are. And and right. my my wife and I just had that experience last week. We were it was it was the last home volleyball game, and my Cindy was dealing with some other stuff, and she just wanted to not be around the parents. And so we sat on the other side of the gym, like in the upper level at Blue River. And at the end of the game, she goes, "You know what? This was kind of nice." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I've been trying to tell you this the whole time." I said. You can socialize later after the game or before the game, but if you right. just want to focus in and watch the game and watch Carolyn play, then don't sit around anybody else because right. you'll just it'll just frustrate you because they're so worried about all the other stuff or their own kid or I mean we got parents that are like checking max preps like every day for their kids' right. stats and stuff. I'm like, I don't even care about that. I just want to, you know, it's and you you've experienced this and in and some of your advice probably to me is that you only get a limited amount of time to watch your kid play sports. And right. why do I want to sit there and be angry or mad or I just want to enjoy it. I just want to watch them play and, and watch them do well and, and, and enjoy that. And, and um, I don't want to have to deal with all the other gossip garbage. Over there. <laughs> yeah. I got it. I'm learning it. Yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't take long. <laughs> you catch on to that pretty quick. I don't know. Well, listen. No. I want to. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, and and um, this will be a really good one. And and uh, um, you know, I, I know you're doing great things over there at Franciscan. So, um, I, and it took some time for you to do this. So I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you you having me on, and it's fun to kind of stroll down memory lane a little bit and and tell some tell some stories. We we, we could we should have a an unedited behind the scenes version of stories that oh yeah maybe yeah. maybe we doesn't didn't... get to production <laughs> yeah yeah we we never we never got around to the try guy house or any of that stuff but uh maybe yeah. maybe we could have sean on and you know it'll be it'll be two parts of the try guy house um we could have we could have Klaus on he could he could fill in for chad you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> definitely he would be because yeah he was he was a good yeah, he was a good member of the group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Troy. I appreciate it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm happy, happy to to chat about the old days and some new days. And yeah, hopefully somebody will enjoy listening to this. I'm sure. I'm sure your crew will be all over this. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All, all right. right. We've Thanks, gone Off the roll with Dave Weichel.
want to thank Dave for coming on the podcast today and uh, sitting down and having a great conversation. Um, it was a little unusual for being in my shop, um, but it was fall break and, and uh, I had kids running around the house and I knew there would be uh, pretty quiet out there to, to record the podcast. So again, uh, we always appreciate hearing feedback and your support. Um, you can reach out to to us on off the roll podcast at gmail.com or off the roll pod one on Twitter or my personal Facebook page um, to give us some feedback on the podcast. Um, it's interesting. I have some uh, I have some of my kids at Eastern Hancock uh, High School that are following the podcast a little bit. So I think that's a little interesting. I don't know if they can't get enough of me or uh, they just want to hear if there's a different life out there than what they see me at in my job. So uh, for those Eastern Hancock listeners out there, a shout out to you guys. I appreciate the support from you as well. So kind of an unusual situation, but, uh, but hopefully they learned something about athletic training through this. So uh, just wanted to, again, say thanks today for coming on the podcast. Uh, reach out to us, give us some ratings, give us some feedback, um, and we'll look forward to seeing you here in a couple weeks. Take care. Thank you.